Welcome, everybody. You've checked into the Win by Two podcast, the home of my postgame show for the Raptors uprising of the NBA 2K League, uh, which just concluded its second week of action uh, over the last past week. You can find full streams of this show and also previous episodes on YouTube and Spotify by searching Win by Two. I'm lucky enough to once again be joined by Thomas Lynch, a contributor for Dimer 2K and an analyst for the Pro-Am scene. You can find his film breakdowns on his Twitter account at Thomas underscore Lynch 412, as well as his YouTube channel at Thomas Lynch 412. Uh, Thomas, congrats again. We spoke just before this show. You, you finished up your, your final exam. It's good to have you back. Definitely. It's good to be back. Thanks very much for having me. Pleasure is all mine. Uh, obviously, you're producing new content on your YouTube channel again. How, how's that going for you? Going well. I'm trying to balance it between posting, you know, breakdowns on my Twitter and YouTube just since they're a bit of a separate audience. But uh, hopefully I can incorporate more sort of longer breakdowns on my YouTube from now on. Right. And it's, it's always kind of a little bit tricky trying to find, you know, where your content gains the most traction or how it's consumed the best by, you know, different parts of your audience um but look for myself i'm enjoying it on twitter and on youtube and obviously the more content the 2k community churns out the better uh speaking of content today we're going to take a closer look at the thrilling three game series against hornets venom gt and then in the back half of the show we'll preview what threat nicks gaming provides as they wait on deck headed into week three of action in the nba 2k league uh, Thomas, let's start with the Hornets game, obviously. There was a lot of hype going into this matchup with both teams being undefeated headed into it. And Charlotte easily posing, I think, the biggest threat of the season so far for Raptors Uprising. And man, was it a roller coaster of emotions. Raptors Uprising would go on to win game one, 83-65. And just when we thought we were going to see maybe a, another sweep, the Hornets pull off a 70-67 win on the backs of dominant play from Zay and a heroic shot from Expose. Um, and then, you know, Ironically, we saw just when Toronto was backed up into a corner against Washington, Toronto hit another gear there in game three uh, with a convincing 86, uh, I think it was 86-65 win. Uh, as a fan, Thomas, how just how fun was that overall matchup for you to kind of see? Oh, it was incredibly enjoyable. I mean, obviously, when you have a game-winning three at the buzzer, um, that's always good, but... Um seeing even the matchup between it was so competitive between sick and type at the center spot and uh even i like the rookies and veterans aspect that was sort of um visible whereby the raptors obviously they have a lot of really experienced players and then the hornets obviously mostly rookies apart from type so um no i thought it was really really enjoyable to watch a lot of fun and uh, it was definitely a really much more exciting and competitive match than i was expecting yeah definitely i mean obviously both teams being undefeated, but uh, I remember looking on social media and a lot of the analysts and, and, and prediction postings that were kind of being thrown around had the Raptors clearly winning. And after game one, you, you know, you kind of got the, the feeling that, oh, yeah, that was kind of uh, expected. And then game two happened, you know, and, and reality was kind of turned upside down and then back to game three. And it was like, oh, no, they, they Toronto figured it out. 
Yeah, and I really liked the adversity from Hornets of Venom. Obviously, that game that they lost, game one, that was their first ever loss as a team together. Right. So the fact that they came right. out in game two, they started off hot in the first quarter and carried it through. It was really good to see. Again, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of different plot twists. Games one, two, and three were, were very different. Um, but looking at game one specifically, Thomas, with all the talk about the Hornets suffocating defense, it was the Toronto defense that took center stage. Let's take a look at some clips that highlight that um, and that Toronto defense and, and tell us what caught your eye. As we sort of saw in previous games, obviously um, the Raptors' chemistry on defense is fantastic. But in this particular clip here, you can see that their rotations are just so smooth. Um, off the press, they had Kenny and Timely swapping between the ball and pick and roll. But as soon as the press broke down, they rotated really instinctively. And that was something that I really enjoyed seeing, just because it shows how well drilled they are. I also really liked how comfortable Tony Cook was dropping into the paint, just clogging the passing lanes, not making it easy for the guards to get up to the basket. And he ended up forcing Snubby up out of bounds. So in this clip here, again, you can see the press breaks down. The Hornets actually have a 5v4 situation, which I think they definitely could have taken advantage of better. They still take a contested layup at the rim, although Sick does a great job in standing up and not fouling and then allowing Legit to get the rebound and go coast to coast and get an easy fast break three on the other end. Perfect. Uh, a lot is said about this high-powered you know, Raptors offense, and rightfully so, but man, I, I think this defense is 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 incredibly fun to watch. Uh, in addition to the rotations and, and the rim protection you just kind of mentioned in those clips, uh, we also witnessed Cook finish with 10 steals in a single game. Good for second most in league history. Uh, what did you think of Cook and the rest of that team defense? How did they contain the two-ball handler attack Charlotte likes to use with Snubby and Expose? Well, I think they did amazingly well. As we said, they like to rotate, so they're comfortable with timely jumping between different players, and they're not sort of rigid in, you know, who guards who. But um, again, they did what we'd seen before in terms of playing the passing lanes really aggressively, um, keeping up the press, and just applying relentless pressure as much as they could. And they also they collapsed a lot and helped in the paint, which is something mm -hmm. that you know a lot mm -hmm. of their guards score their points simply by driving to the rim, whereas. Toronto did a, good, did a good job containing that, which I think is good. Yeah, very defensively sound, a really good scheme uh, and philosophy clearly put in place before the game. And while they had their bumps here and there, um, they, they managed to pull it through. Now, speaking of, you know, the bumps, let's kind of go into game two. And that's where things took an unexpected turn or maybe not so unexpected if you've been... Uh, following the Hornets expansion team closely. Uh, but they end up turning things around, and Charlotte basically leads throughout 99% of this game. Obviously, this th the thing that stands out the most here is Zay dominating throughout the game, scoring 24 points and dropping four of his seven attempts from outside. He was a big part of why the Hornets were able to extend their lead to 19 in the third quarter. Uh, Thomas, what do you think makes Zay so special, especially playing that, that powered forward position, that four spot? that usually doesn't get, uh, you know, a lot of attention. Well, as you said, it doesn't really get a lot of attention. And I'm a really big fan of how he's sort of redefining the role and um, just changing how the game is played because a lot of the times you see the guards driving into the paint, scoring at the rim, or even shooting from three off the dribble. You very rarely see them give the ball into the corner and just let him go to work. Whereas Zay, you know, in the post, off the drive, and even shooting from three, like you said, he was just really effective at all three levels, which I really like to see. 
Yeah. Now, understandably, the the 2K League stream switched to another game when the lead started to balloon uh, in this second game. Uh, But almost seemingly out of nowhere, uh, Raptors Uprising clearly figured something out there somewhere in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, And then late in the fourth, after a ridiculous steal and score sequence, the Raptors tied the game down 19 only, what, like eight, nine minutes ago. At this point, the stage was set with just under eight seconds left in the game. Thomas, with possession belonging to the Hornets, break down this next clip for us uh, and, and what led to the eventual game winner. So this was just an incredible play. So you can see, obviously, Hornets men have no timeouts. So eight seconds, they're bringing the ball up court. Um, Timely Cook, obviously, guarding ball, as you'd expect. Um, but you can see that he does sort of get trapped onto the ball, sort of ball watching. He loses his man. Um, they give the ball to Zay, who'd been, you know, he'd had the hot hand all game. And I'm presuming the plan was for him to maybe take the last shot. Although, a timely sort of gets stuck on the ball when Zay has it. Um, and exposed moves out, moves out very intelligently. So he's open. And obviously, Zay does the right thing, gets him the ball. And uh, he hits the three to win. At the buzzer, which is obviously just a fantastic play. Really, really exciting to watch. Yeah, social. I remember immediately turning, you know, going to my Twitter and social media, just, you know, having a field day with it. It's it's those type of plays, even if you're a Raptors fan, being on the wrong side of it. It's just one of those plays that's that's good for the league. Uh, it gets the league talked about and just just generally exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, And I love yeah, Scott Cole's excitement as well on the broadcast booth. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. Now, as dramatic of a finish as that was for Charlotte, there must have been, at the very least, there must have been some slight concern within their ranks, knowing they they were basically up 20 points and that they let that lead completely evaporate in basically a quarter and a half of play. Um, With a heavy dose of Reese's three-point shooting, Obviously, skills all around stat stuffing play and an extra heavy dose of Kenny, who dropped 33 points by half in that game three win. Uh, Toronto ended up, you know, taking care of Charlotte in a very convincing manner. Besides the obviousness of Kenny's brilliance from just the overall gameplay you saw, what do you like most about this Raptors offense? Not necessarily in game three, but just in general that allows them to, you know, bounce back after a devastating buzzer beater and they're just able to dominate on the offensive end. Well, it's something that we've mentioned before, but I think their game management in general is something that's really, really good in terms of using their momentum, sort of to take advantage and then also to stop opponent runs. And that does come through their three-point shooting. But another thing that stood out to me that I noticed, particularly in this game, it happened twice or three times, but they just played extremely directly on offense. Just sometimes it only took them two or three passes to break the press and get an easy score, which which did definitely happen on many different occasions. But... um, Again, I think it's just their three-point shooting ability helps them with their momentum so much. And the fact their defense is so good and they can rotate and shut down opponents, all of that sort of combines together to just make them a really, really hard team to stop. Even if you're up 20, you still can't be too comfortable, as we've already seen. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point you made. Uh, the, the fact that, you know, sometimes it all it only takes three, sometimes less than three passes for them to get the look that they want. They're just so very aware of where their offense will come from in a variety of situations. Now, looking ahead, 
Toronto has a date with Knicks Gaming, who sport a fresh one and one record, having been swept by Bucks Gaming, but also sweeping the struggling Heat Check Gaming. With the Knicks having an early bye week in the schedule, we haven't really seen too much of them to formulate a reliable opinion. We know they were able to handle their business against a struggling team in the Heat, but they couldn't just quite hang with a more competitive team in the Bucks. What can fans of Raptors GC expect into their headed matchup with the season one champions? Well, one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing is if Kenny is the leading scorer, because obviously in the series that they lost to the Bucks, Red scored 71 points over two games. So yes. clearly yes. point guard play is something that can make a difference. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Also in the loss to the Bucks gaming, um, the Knicks struggled from three. So it will be interesting to see if that can happen, given that the Raptors are so strong in that aspect. Um, but I think it'll be a really interesting series. Obviously, Duck and Malik are a really good backcourt duo. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up. Yeah, it's good that you brought the, that duo or that backcourt up. They, uh, in, in one of their previous games, they combined for 48 of their team's 64 points. And one thing I notice is their front court, uh, predominantly their four and five spot, don't really get a lot of a shot attempts up. So, I mean, if the Raptors can kind of go head to head against that backcourt, uh, while it should produce in or result in some explosive offense from both sides, um, if they can kind of contain that, I, they should be okay. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see, especially with Timely Cook coming off that 10 steal game. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, you can't really say for sure what's going to happen just because if something's happened in the past, there's no guarantee it's going to happen again, especially with remote play and everything like that. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see how it plays out. That's true. A lot of unpredictability in the 2K League. Um, But again, that makes it even more exciting for the viewers. Either way, there's only one way to find out, and that's to tune into the action tomorrow on NBA 2K League's Twitch channel uh, with tip-off roughly after 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh... Thomas, that that just about does it for today. I, I I really do appreciate you coming back on. It's always a pleasure. No problem at all. Thanks so much for having me. All right. On, on behalf of Thomas, I'm Christian Charisma. Thanks again for listening to Win by Two, and we'll catch you guys next time.